Good evening, Meltdown Comics in Hollywood, California. How is everybody doing tonight? Hear ye, hear ye. Harmontown is now in session. Please, for your absolute delight and abject entertainment, please welcome to the stage the mayor of Harmontown, Mr. Dan Harmon. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you. Um, I'd like to thank Jeff Davis for comptrolling uh, again tonight. Thank you, Jeff, thank for you. coming back. And how about uh, for those of you uh, who were here and listened to it, uh, Aaron McGarthy as guest comptroller last week. You guys are here. She did all right. It was, she, really, uh, it was adorable. She had her moments. It was adorable. It's a different dynamic, most assuredly. Well, because we're not fucking. Right. <laughs> I saw recently on Apple TV... <laughs> the, 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 the Gray was on with uh, Liam Neeson. It's uh, Liam Neeson fights wolves. Uh, Anybody by applause? Anybody has seen this movie? Like, like like a good eight eight to ten people. Yeah, I have not seen this movie. Uh, Liam Neeson is a professional wolf hunter uh, for a corporation. Uh, he's on a plane. It goes down. He spends the rest of the movie with like nine guys that slowly get picked off one by one by these wolves that are around them. I mean, imagine the 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 you know the luck of being a wolf hunter, and then you're you know he didn't they didn't go down in the water, thank God, or he would have been like I don't know what the fuck's going on. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, he knew exactly what was going on, and he wasn't very encouraging to the other people. He was very informative about wolves, and uh, I just—I've been talking like Liam Neeson about wolves like for the last two weeks about everything. When I'm making a sandwich, if somebody says like, "Is there mustard?" I go, "They don't give a fuck about mustard. <laughs> They're killing machines." And if they've got cubs and we're within 150 yards of them, we're already dead. Uh, wait, wait, I have a question because I've not seen this film. So, What's I, your question? Can, uh, can I ask you, Liam Neeson, uh, some questions about the movie that you're... Your questions don't matter. <laughs> we're surrounded by biological killing machines. But go ahead. Um, if, if you're a wolf hunter, how come everybody keeps dying? <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't you be the, 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 the right I'm not man a wolf this? hunter. Wolves are the hunters. <laughs> they aren't hunted. They don't give a fuck what we do. They've been around for five billion more years than us. They've got a mouth full of weapons. They've got six legs. That's good. The whole movie takes place in the Arctic or uh, somewhere cold. I'm sorry. So they just keep walking and building fires, and he keeps explaining how fucked they are. <laughs> and I really, I never watched the end because I know from the trailer that he glues glass to his fists and faces <laughs> off with what's probably the last wolf. I, I, I didn't bother to, I saw that in the trailer. I just watched like an hour and a half of him telling everyone they're fucked. And that nothing they say matters. There's a, there's a, in the, in the first act, there's a guy that's like, so what are they, what kind of wolves are these, man? Are they, what are they, like uh, herbivores? They eat like nuts and berries? They don't give a fuck about nuts and berries. <laughs> like, that's a real line from the movie. They don't, they, the word fuck is in that movie more than a, anything. More than a, a, a Scorsese film. Like, like Everyone's saying fuck for, in ways that you never even heard the word fuck used. They're just they past the fuck salt. Uh, <laughs> there is no fucking salt. 
We're in a we're in a frozen sea surrounded by killers. They've got a kill range of 300 kilometers. If we're in within half of that and they've got cubs, we're already dead. How, how did uh I have I have I have questions about that. I, I, I want I want. Well, I, I don't want to see the movie. I, 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 the movie doesn't matter. You think these things give a fuck what you watch on a screen? They just want to eat your face. They can see you three hundred percent further than you can see them. Their eyes are like microscopes and telescopes taped to each other. Their noses are sharper than their teeth. Their noses are sharper than their teeth? D yes. <laughs> who, who would win in a fight, a bear or a wolf? They don't fight. They hunt. <laughs> Sorry, what was the rest of the question? I got distracted by something I could dismiss. <laughs> I, I think wolf versus bear. They're not wolves. Oh, I'm sorry, they are. Sorry, I got, I got, I jumped the gun. Our guns don't matter, but I jumped them. I can't verify because I don't, I don't think I've seen enough of his films to know if you're doing a good Liam Neeson impression right now or not. Is it, I think it's pretty good. It sounds it's pretty good. good. Yeah. Is it good? I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty early in the night for the audience to be sarcastic. Uh, <laughs> those of you who were here last week, I really, I, I, I bet none of you were here last week because I went headlong for Inception's throat. <laughs> Like an angry wolf, uh, and uh, you could feel the uh, the rift between me and uh, and the flock. It just Bo Peep almost got sheeped to death. Well, see, I, I was listening to it just you know the audio, the uh, the podcast version of it. I, I didn't sense that the audience was that disgruntled by your your hatred. It's their faces. You see their faces. <laughs> Just, just, just watch you at home that are listening on the podcast. You won't be able to participate in this, but just Jeff, you focus on them. I don't know. Inception, eh? It's kind of dumb. <laughs> so look at that guy. Look at that guy. Look at yeah, he looks horrified. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Harmontown is a uh, is a plan that we have to uh, form a colony because I think we we feel we don't want to be dire about this. We don't feel like the world is ending terribly soon. It's not like a huge emergency, but I, it takes a long time to start a city of, of, of people who can carry humanity's torch. So what we want to try to do, probably on the moon, I, I keep thinking it's got to be on the moon because I just don't know. There's no place in Texas that's going to let us do this, or, <laughs> and I don't want to go anywhere where they, there's like mosquitoes. They tried that once, and the, uh, the ATF came down pretty hard. <laughs> Yeah, don't groan it. I mean, groan the government. It's bad form to burn people alive. It's a terrible, terrible way to, to govern. I, I feel like it is too, actually. We have to talk about religion. We have to talk about politics. We have to talk about what we would do with our, uh, our unseemly citizenry. Like, what do you do if somebody uh, does something you don't like? It's going to happen in a room full of 200 people. Like, you, you sir, do something that nobody likes. Fuck Batman. He said, fuck Batman. I, I like that. Now what do we do? Now what do we do with him? We fuck him. We, an eye for an eye. We fu uh, fu fuck him? Yeah, you fuck Batman, we fuck you. It's not that hard, governments. 
we figured it out. That's it. All right. Now what do we do? Let's play charades. Also, also, a lot of my answers are, I'm just going to fuck you. Thank you for doing that. That's not easy to be called upon. I'm like a drowning man in a pool. You don't have to applaud him. That's ridiculous. That was good. You can if you want, but don't don't ever do anything here that you feel compelled to do. That's bad governing. Did you not like the new Batman? No. I haven't seen it either. I don't, I've given up on movies. I don't even want to go to them anymore. So you didn't like the new Batman? I haven't heard anything good about it. It was silly. Silly. <laughs> <laughs> it's silly, he says. We should give this guy an identity. What's your name? Max. Max. You should get okay. a microphone, for fuck's sake. Well, you can have one if you want. Well, here's a, here's, here's a, here's a Batman we can talk about, because uh, a lot of you people didn't even see it, and the ones who did probably blocked it out. Remember the Tommy Lee Jones Two-Face? Like... <laughs> I was explaining this to my 27-year-old girlfriend today. It was like explaining like 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 Korea or something. Like, like she she was going, "What? Come on!" Uh, uh, like like Batman was sitting in the courtroom. Wait, is this hanging out? Because she started laughing. We were actually watching the second Batman, which everybody agrees is like uh, that's a pretty well. It's certainly the best Batman movie we've ever seen. Uh, Are you the, saying uh, it's, it's like Korea and that there's north and south that it's divided like two faces? No, or like. An like no, no, no. That, that down the middle of his face, there's the 38th no. parallel of... Uh, no, I apologize. I'm all over the place the tonight. I meant like I'm like an old veteran. Uh-huh. And I'm going, well, she's going, what were you fighting about, Grandpa? I'm like, well, we wanted the, the, the Korea to be different. Well, wh- who gives a shit about Korea now? I don't know. We gave a shit back then. Um, uh, the, uh, what if the character of Two-Face was actually a trenchant commentary on the Korean conflict? I could have... remember which movie it was. It was, it was either, I think it was the Danny DeVito as the Penguin one. I think uh, it was still Michael Keaton was Batman sitting in the courtroom in his Batman outfit. And uh, they show the origin of Two-Face in the form of a newsreel. And uh, Tommy Lee Jones is questioning a mob guy. And the mob guy doesn't like the way it's going. So he pulls out, as they do, a jar of acid from his, you know, the, the pocket of his double-breasted suit coat. Your, your jar pocket. And he, and he flings it at Tommy Lee Jones, who, who I, it's a visual thing. Uh, I'll do what he did visually first. He, he, he uses a manila folder to block exactly half his face. And that's how he became Two-Face. And he has a contentious relationship with Batman, as Aaron Eckhart's Two-Face does with uh, uh, Christian Bale's uh, Batman. In this version, just because, well, where were you when I got that acid on half of my face? And the answer is, I was sitting there in the courtroom and I just couldn't get over the galley, the gallery thing. Like, they show a shot of Batman trying to get over the courtroom, like, little people's court flappy door. <laughs> it just, it couldn't be more ridiculous. You'd have to show Batman, like, taking a shit to, to ruin the mythology more for nerds. Like, we just, I just sat there in the theater and looked at Shrav, and Shrav looked at me, and we, we just, uh, we started making out. I understand the appeal of Batman. Somewhere in our heart, we want a guy out there that's like rich, which represents the fact that America it does work. It's okay to be capitalist, but you know, we we need a hero. We need a Prometheus who uses his godlike powers to you know uphold our value system. We're, we're, we're very. Uh... But Max, you said the new one is silly. Yes, it's a little silly. They're not, they're not taking it seriously enough. Well, or, maybe, maybe a little too serious. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> well, you know what Liam Neeson would say about Batman? <laughs> Doesn't matter. I'm determined that Liam Neeson pays off at some point tonight. He probably will. There's no payoff. 
<laughs> you're not gonna get paid, you're gonna get eaten. It's a weird crowd tonight, I'm gonna blame them. I, I, I blame them. I don't know what they did wrong. I don't know what you guys I, ate. I, I kind of blame myself. I feel like I blew it by leaving town for one week and the continuity has just gone to shit. They're expecting, they're like, where's this show that I, that I got all excited about where the, where the couple bitches at each other? <laughs> and then they, br they, they bring other couples up and can, ruin. Can I, I, I was out of town. I, I, I hang out with, uh, with Aaron and Dan quite a bit and I see them, they have their little moments of, 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 of cuddling and schmoopy schmoops and uh, then they frequently have their moments when you're at the great Greek having Greek food and they're fighting about the new improv idea that we have for 40 minutes and it's, it's, an, it's an impenetrable lonely place to be sitting across the table from them and then I justify an exit and I have an ouzo with a guy named uh, Nikos and I come back and they're still talking about the improv group and, uh, and then, I, then one of them goes to the bathroom and I depose that person and say is this better or worse than being alone? <laughs> And then they pause for eight and a half seconds, and in that pause, I leave and have another ouzo with Nikos, and I come back, and there's no answer. Then they come back, and you guys are making out, and you guys look so happy together, and then you probably go home and have the worst sex of your lives. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, have no, I have no qualification for that. I, I, uh, I, uh, that's true. That's, that's it. So after that podcast, because there, like, there was a... Uh, there are moments you guys you're very self-revelatory, and then like what happened after that podcast? Did you guys go home and did you guys go Baskin Robbins and get a Sunday, and or did you go home and yeah, I don't know. I, 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 that, that's just a, that's not, it wasn't really revelatory. That's just I, I'm dating me now. I'm dating a, 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 myself with, hubba, with, hubba. with with red hair. I'm just I'm dating another person that's like me. This is not a like we don't balance each other out. We just sink every boat that we step onto. <laughs> Because we, we just go straight to the asshole section, uh, that, which is oh, there's only one seat there. We sit on each other. We argue about it as, as we sink. Uh, the, they don't uh, call the, the stern of the boat the asshole section. But, you know, who wants to die alone? That sounds, you know. Me. I, I, I see it at the finish line. <laughs> No, I don't like when I'm when I'm alone. I'm not alive. I don't uh, I don't know that I exist when I'm alone. I feel like there's like a swarm of black CGI insects eating my fucking skeleton from under my skin. I feel like something wrong is happening. Like I I don't I and that's when I'm feeling anything. I just don't feel like I exist. I'm a, I'm a mouth with a with a with a brain on it and like two little legs to walk it around and and make people listen to my bullshit. I I can't if if I'm just Walking around an empty house, to, to talk, I can't talk to anybody. I, I, I don't. I'm not alive. You don't talk to yourself when you're at home. I, 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 I haven't had enough experience with it, but no, I, uh, I don't. I'll, I'll, I'll maybe mutter something like, "Well, why is it? Bathtub's not working. How am I going to make the jets shoot up my ass? I don't know. Where did I? Where did I put that mannequin leg? Can't find it, frickin' 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 frickin'. Uh, I just do Hanna Barbera mumbles. Frickin' frick. I don't get it. Uh, I don't get it either. But I know, I know what I like. I like a good woman to to hate me. Uh, no, we, we we love each other. Now we're gonna get a big fight about. Aaron takes everything I say at the stage. Not not everything I say very seriously. Aaron and I get in fights sometimes about. She I I she I I, I when I'm. <laughs> 
for, for those of you listening in podcast land, she's in row two, uh, seat F. <laughs> when, I'm stop, when I stand up here for an hour, and I for those of you who are new here tonight, in case you haven't figured this out, what I do in the show is I stand up here for an hour and waste everyone's time. But while I'm doing that, I say whatever I can possibly think to say to make you not get mad at me and throw a rock at me. So in scrambling to say things that get rocks not thrown at me, I sometimes will say something that in the drive home, like Aaron will go, so you, you like raspberries, huh? <laughs> I don't know. I, t- I don't know. It just seemed like the funnier word to use. Well, wow, you know, raspberries. Uh, <laughs> you know, you, you, you called me that when you were mad at me. That's a terrible example. I didn't, why didn't I? <laughs> Stupid. I'm the, I'm the, is this the worst Harmontown show ever? So far. Okay. Well, maybe we should talk about that. That's the, let's, let's, let's go where the let's, energy let's, is. Let's, let's wallow. I can, I can, I can, I can answer your job related questions. I can answer questions that you raise your hand and shout out. I can arm wrestle one of you. <laughs> or we could talk about the fact that the show sucks tonight, since that's in the air. Arm Ar- wrestle. <laughs> We have a quorum. Arm wrestle. Arm wrestle this. Who, who, who wants to arm wrestle? All right. All right. What is your name, sir? It's BJ. BJ, you have a, you have a what could only be described as a fuchsia hat on. Uh, I don't know what Renaissance fair you were recently expelled from. But I'm gl- glad you could take time out of your busy swashbuckling uh, career to uh, to challenge. Uh, yeah, if, you're, you're, you need like a big ostrich plume. I think that would really put it over the edge. Nice purse. Nice, <laughs> nice purse. He's getting heckled. He uh, doesn't deserve that because for those of you listening in podcast form. Uh, a guy came up to arm wrestle me that that uh, is already a better show. It just. <laughs> When he woke up this morning, than anything that I guess I have to do the uh, the, 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 the Vin Scully check her and play by play on this one. Well, uh, there's a man on stage right now wearing a, a, a smart little leather purse, kind of it's kind of like a Louis Vuitton kind of thing. It's got a gold chain. No, it's not. It's gold. It's what? It's gold. It's gold. He has a golden satchel. He has a a, a lady's scarf from from season four of the Love Boat. So he has a. He has a, a shirt that says a wicked lot of laughter, which I guess you're, you're from, you were recently at a Boston comedy festival, I would imagine from that. He's wearing uh, sky blue Crocs, and I'm not fucking joking, podcast, the man. It's complicated. He's got big hair. He looks like J- John the Baptist from Rembrandt's Decapitation. And... And I'm really going to throw a fucking wrench in this thing. He's put his left hand up on the stool. Oh, oh shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This is a, we're going lefty on this one. Are you lefty, PJ? No, you're not. Uh. <laughs> Have I taken time out of this uh, yet to, to describe his turquoise uh, Varnay uh, uh, ironic glasses? I, I, look, believe me, I'm, I'm all for it. This is fucking fantastic stuff. Is, is anyone taking photos? I want this on Instagram immediately. All right, you call the go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my hand on top of, of, of both of your hands here. Two, two great competitors for a worthy cause. When I take my hand off, I want you to begin the first person to put somebody over the edge of the stool. Right. Sets the tone for the rest of what may be the worst or best harm in town. Okay. And begin. <laughs> okay, let's make it for 50 bucks. 
he's it's kind of a stalemate. He's purposely he's thinking I can't win because then I'm an enemy no. of the show. But he's no, no, he's he's, uh, he's, oh, he's toying with he's you. Trying to make it interesting. It's, it's every, he has a bracelet on, which means he went to a club last night or recently gave blood. So maybe. <laughs> Have I described? He's got a fucking violet hat on. A violet, violet. He looks like uh, like Miss Marple. No, what does he look like? What does he look like? He's just fucking with you. I can't. We're just both. Fin- finish him, BJ. Finish him. Finish him, BJ. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Harmon. Harmon. They're cheering over nothing. They're still locked right at the top. It's been the Eiffel fucking Tower the entire time. Harmon. BJ. Gold purse, complicated outfit. This is okay. Oh my god. Day three. Dan took his scarf off. Dan removed his scarf. It's like Samson's hair. Dan has put the guy's hat on his own head. Oh my god. Now Dan looks like he's gonna solve a crime in Victorian England. It's cooking. Jesus, day I propose three. we work together. I propose we work together. Work together. He nodded. He nodded. He nodded. It's a tie. It's a fuzzy tie. Oh. Very noble of you, BJ. Very noble of you. See, you know, I mean, I guess on the moon, Harmon Town's just going to be a bunch of p- pussies who give up in the middle of a fight. When we get attacked by Mars, we're just going to go, fuck it, you guys, whatever you want. <laughs> BJ, everybody, BJ. Thank you, BJ. Dan, I hate to tell you this. He was never here. <laughs> we all just imagined that. That is someone I'd invent. Uh, but, 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 the, but then Sony would go, no, make it grounded, will you? Like, that's how we'll settle disputes. And it'll be easier on the moon because it's one-sixth the uh, gravity. Yeah. Jesus, we were both trying not to win, kind of. Uh, and uh, Who do you think both, actually had, to be honest? Who, who what? Who do you think actually would have taken that one if it had been like... Anybody that's ever arm-wrestled me has, would, wouldn't win. I've never... I couldn't do a pull-up in uh, grade school. I was always like... Did, did, did everybody go to uh, grade schools where they made you do pull-ups? Like the yeah. gym class? Like, like, is it, it's my imagination. I don't want to insult you guys, but I would like to think that everyone in a Harmontown town meeting is all of the people who couldn't do one pull-up. <laughs> And, and, and we want to prove that you don't need to. Like, the, the, what it should say in Latin on the flag is our gym teacher was wrong. <laughs> People die of heart attacks every day. Some of them were good at football. Some of them weren't. Like, it has no bearing on lifespan, no, no tax bracket. It doesn't, uh, it's just some shit that we were doing back then to just make everyone uncomfortable and kill time. I, I, they should have, they should have, they should have let us play Dungeons and Dragons more. Um, I don't mean to bait you guys, but, uh, I'm a little winded, uh, by that experience. So, somebody ask me the most embarrassing thing in the world. What's your favorite D&D character? What was my, what was my favorite, like the one that I played? What is your yeah, favorite? You like the most? What is Dan, the, uh, just to repeat in case we don't pick this up over podcast, what is Dan's favorite D&D character? I, I, my character that I played was named Jim Nightblade. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and uh, I, I was always partial to the throwing knife type, the thief, the assassin. Uh, can you describe to me uh, your, your dungeon master? Did you have a good one? Yes, Graham uh, was the name of our dungeon master. He's the greatest dungeon master that ever lived. Uh, he, because he was just insanely like smart. And, and, and like he, Graham, Graham had hair down to his shoulders. He never washed it. And this was before Weezer, so it mattered. <laughs> He had these big, thick, brown uh, frame glasses, and, and his, his, he only had, like, eight shirts, and they were all from different state parks. Like, because he was... <laughs> it was obvious that, like, he had a kind of, like, adventure nature fixation. I think it was, like, his dad maybe just, like, flew the coop, and, uh, and like, you pictured him out there, like, climbing mountains in sandals or something, and he kind of, like, he had this... He had all these T-shirts that would have like a howling wolf on them, and it would say Montana, uh, or or the, and then the next one would be it would just say Alaska, and there'd be two owls on a branch. Those were all his T-shirts, but they all had permanent uh, sweat stains in the armpits, and the and the kids in school would just they would they, their whole four-year high school experience was just the only thing that they got from Graham. I got worlds that he created with his mind, uh, and and had a had an, a whole a whole birth as a human being courtesy of grandma uh, for the rest of the high school kids they were just they just figured out 90 ways to trick someone into raising their arms so they could laugh at his they go hey what's it where, where, where are the lights where are the lights oh uh, they're up there <laughs> look there's a sweat stain in but yeah god when is that gonna get uh, tired but he, he he carried a woman's briefcase everywhere he went because it didn't bj he, he, he fetishized spock from old school Star Trek, like he he really, as as a lot of like super nerds do, like they latch onto Spock or Data if they're younger, because it's like uh, it's logic instead of like all these trappings, like all this shit that makes no sense. Like, can you dribble a basketball? And what did you? Why are you no white pants after Labor Day or whatever the fuck? This stuff is it's not. There's nothing logical about it. So you escape into this idea that you're just pure brain, and that's what that's what Graham was. And and, if, and he could have gotten a man's briefcase if he had wanted to. But he, 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 that wouldn't have been logical. Why would he buy a man's briefcase to appease, like, some kind of weird... So he just walked around with this, like... What was in the briefcase? The, like... Dungeons and Dragons equipment? Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and, and all of his perfect homework assignments that he probably did on the bus with his, with his mind and a, and, a, and a laser pencil. Do we know he... where he is now? Have you, have you followed up with this guy? He, he ended up going to MIT. Uh, either that or he was a pathological liar. Uh, but but uh, he's, I, think, I think he always wanted to go to MIT, and I think he got accepted there, and I never, I never really saw him again. Actually, I did. I was in my 20s. He came uh, and hung out, and he had a big tank of nitrous oxide in the back of a pickup truck <laughs> and a garbage bag, and we just... We maybe, just maybe he was a dentist? We, yeah. we, just, we, just, we just huffed nitrous all night out of a big, giant plastic bag and talked about science. Uh, and then he left again. He was like, he was like Laszlo in Real Genius. He was that, that, like, that's why I picture him. I'm yeah, picturing that's that. A good, that's a good image to have. Uh, I don't know if he could pull off that beard, but, uh, he was, but, but uh, yeah, he was the greatest dungeon, dungeon master in the world. What makes you a good dungeon master? You have to be, you have to, you have to be 
the world's biggest nerd and strangely arrogant about it. You have to like, you have to be so proud of 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 like how like uh, smart and logical you are. But you didn't could, we try to uh, play this? Didn't as adults like with Joe? Yeah, White? yeah. I tried to dungeon master. It was terrible. It was terrible. It was the worst. You think you would be good at being a dungeon master? No, you're an no, arrogant nerd. Yeah, I am, but not uh, not not arrogant enough. Just just uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe I I smoke too much pot in my life or something. I don't know what it is. I'm not good at. I, I worry too much about what people think about me. That's what it is. You can't be a good dungeon master if you're worried about pe- doing a good job as a dungeon master. Does everybody got that? <laughs> Anybody else have another question? So, uh, do, you want, do you want something embarrassing again? Uh, yeah, try to d- dig deep, man. Fucking try, Trying to embarrass you. Yeah, make this a memorable night so that you, when you walk out of here, you don't go, oh, I was at the shitty Harmontown. You, you go, oh, I was at the one where fucking uh, a pedophile tried to attack Dan. <laughs> Uh, and, 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 and then they wrestled each other to the ground and then he took off the pedophile's mask. He wasn't and a it pedophile. Was a... He just had a purple hat on. <laughs> oh, that, that's not what I did. Well, sorry, BJ. I wasn't referring to you. Wow. <sighs> Jesus. He... Terrible. I, I saw a hand shoot up over there. Oh, that was BJ waving. Okay. <laughs> Anybody? I'm not an underage child, BJ. Stop oh, waving I got one me. back there, yes? What's the most embarrassing thing you did as a kid? Uh, most embarrassing thing you've done as a kid... Aside from constantly shitting my pants, just constantly. What do you mean constantly shitting your pants? Just all the time, just always pooping my pants. Was that is, that is that a medical condition? Is that a thing? I don't know. I just I would I would I just I, I didn't like to go to the bathroom, and uh, <laughs> there's your problem. You know, like when you're a kid. I don't know. I'm not I'm not going to try to put this off on you guys if this, you didn't have a similar experience. But when you're a kid and you're just learning to poop. But you're also learning to read. <laughs> learning to poop. <laughs> and sometimes you're sitting there reading a book. Like I used to read, I'd just sit cross-legged on the floor and be reading a book, and then I'd feel like, ah, I gotta take a shit. Get up! <laughs> get up! It's Asimov. I'm not gonna get up. I wanna <laughs> finish reading iRobot. It's amazing. You're still gonna be seated, seated when you read. I didn't get that part. I didn't understand that. I just would shit my pants. Wait, wait. you're saying you were that into that book, or you're that, that lazy, or what's that? What's I don't. I can't. I can't. I don't it really. Could, maybe you just have a weird. I could, maybe I have less muscle control. I don't know. Kids do. Kids shit their pants, man. You're acting like. Uh, just, you're acting like they don't, and they do. Kids shit I've, their I've, pants. I'm not. I'm not I'm not just like playing like the, the, the foil to you right now. I've never heard of a, anyone that constantly shit their pants. <laughs> Old people, <laughs> not not the little people. Do you remember that? Remember when we had uh, uh, Adam come up and read that email from my brother? Remember that? Yes. And he referred to the uh, a story that my mom told about how they used to put me in a closet when I was a kid and mm-hmm. was it with books. That was a, that's a reference to when I was in kindergarten. I already knew how to read. And they wanted to know how, how well I could read, because I came into kindergarten, oh, I can read. So they would, this was in the 70s, they didn't, it wasn't politically incorrect to like track kids and stuff. If you were, they, they wanted to know who's smart, who's dumb, how smart are you, how, how, how smart can you be, and all this stuff. We later realized it's kind of a fucked up thing to do. But back then in the 70s, it was, a, it was the Wild West. Uh, everyone was looking for a meteor man. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I, 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 I could read, so they would take me this lady, Miss Piano, would come and she would she would get me. All the kids would start playing with blocks and stuff, and then uh, and then this this beautiful 
I remember it was beautiful and tall, but uh, it was probably the third woman I'd ever seen, and I was two feet tall. So, <laughs> And she would take me to this closet. It was like a storage closet filled with all these books and like overhead projectors and stuff. And then she, it's not like they could devote resources to that. So they would just sit. They would, so she would put a book in front of me, and she'd go, read this chapter, and then answer the questions at the end of it. Give me a piece of she, paper. She would separate you from the rest of the kids. Yeah. Put you in a room. It turned out to be a great so idea. Like the, the, count of, the Count of Monte Cristo in there. Yeah, yeah. So it's good. the kids loved me for it. It was great, because I would come back to recess, and they'd be like, oh, whew, it's, uh, it's our hero. It's the... Uh, <laughs> Please, please. We were just learning football. Let us catch you up on things. Uh, no, it was, uh, it was, a, it was. A, I'm not complaining. Uh, I got to read a lot of dumb shit about uh, nothing I can remember. Uh, but they would go, okay, and then fill out this thing after you finish reading it. But then she'd take off. So th that just reminded me of that 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 thing because. I had to pee really bad, but I was in kindergarten. I never had gone pee without somebody helping me go pee before. And uh, so I, she told me, when the bell rings, you can go to lunch. And for some reason, I knew what that meant, that I would be able to get up out of the chair and go to lunch. But she never came back, and I had to pee really bad, and I couldn't tell time. So I just knew I was waiting for this bell to ring so I could get up and go to lunch, and then maybe I could get someone to help me pee. Uh, but I just stared at this clock. And I never knew, and, and then I was just like, you know, if you've ever tried to hold your pee, like, uh, and then when you're a little kid, your little, your little bladder, it hasn't fought any dragons yet, you know? You haven't, <laughs> you, you, haven't you haven't gone to your, your, any frat parties or anything. Like, it's, it's just a little, little muscle, just like, uh, trying to hold in on those Flintstones vitamins and things. And, uh, uh, and so I just stared at this mysterious circular dial, and, and then the bell never rang. So I, and then I was just like, all right, here goes nothing, and I just, I just pissed myself. And as I was pissing, I got, got I don't know, if it's, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's the same for women, but once you start, you can't, you can't just. It's not like a, you know, it's not like a valve. It's like it's like Pringles. Start and then it's like Pringles. It's a lot like Pringles. Uh, once you pop, yeah. So uh, yeah, at the eggs, at the apex of me relieving myself in my little Oshkosh bagash. Uh, <laughs> Uh, overalls with a little iron-on D on the front of them, uh, for real. Which I call I called my D pants. My mom made them out of red denim, and they had a, they had a little blue sunflower cornflower blue uh, 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 D. That little uh, and, and I called them my D pants, and I and I I, I always wanted to wear them. And I so th these are what I'm pissing in, and uh, and the bells ringing while I'm and so, and so now the bell rang, so now I can leave. So I just remember getting up and just looking back at this chair in the middle of a storage closet with a big puddle of piss around it and, and kind of going like, well, fuck her. <laughs> Clean it up. Clean up your mess. <laughs> and then I went downstairs to lunch and, my, and, and, and I, I, for some reason I thought that because it was in my pants, <laughs> I thought that the semantics of peeing in your pants somehow applied to the, to the privacy and the containment. I didn't, I didn't understand yet that, that it's darker where all the pee is and it looks like I just rode a horse made of spray paint, you know. I, 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 I'm just, so I'm just down in the lunch line, and there's just, I'm wearing my little red denim pants, and I just have a black, like, fucking, like, you know, saddle, whatever you'd call that. And I remember my brother was down there, my big brother is five years older, and he, he, he you know, my brother, is, it's, it's, it's important to have a big brother, like, they can stick up for you to bullies and stuff like that. And so my, my, I came down to the lunch line, and my brother looked, and went like, Jesus Christ, did you piss your fucking pants? And all the sixth graders were like, holy shit, he did. They were actually more embarrassed for me than my brother. My brother wanted to talk it out a little more. <laughs> uh, 
Were you there at the uh, at the Price is Right uh, when the woman peed her pants? You, you weren't there, right? No. Doesn't that happen every week? Yeah, well, I, you know, I'm, we, we're both friends with Drew Carey, and he just got the job, and I went to go see him. Uh, we haven't talked about this in the show before, have we? God damn it. It was so good. I went to go see Drew, and he's like, hey, come on down to uh, like Price is Right. I'm, I really love doing this job. It's really fun. Come down. I'm, like, I'm hosting this thing. It's like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like a big rock concert. It's great. Keep talking. I'm going to get a drink. All right. Dan's going to make a drink. And so, But you're right there in the thick of it, and it's pretty exciting. And if anyone's ever been to, the, uh, to, to a taping of that, it's like going to a, like a Beatles concert. Like just, like, people are so happy and so people are screaming. It's really delightful. And you got the little yodely guy that goes up the thing. And, oh, and, and God damn it, I love just, that fucker. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay, so Dan was there, like, kind of bashful. Like, when you, you're getting your Plinko chips and you're like, is a kitty litter cost $35 or cost $25? And Dan's like, it costs $35. That's the kitty litter. I, I, had, I, I buy the same kitty litter. I'm like, yell it out. And, Dan, and Dan's like, no, 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 no. She's looking at the audience like, you have the same kitty litter. You yell it. Hey, I don't, I don't know. You got really nervous about it. You're like, and, and, and she gets it right and it's like it's exciting as shit yeah yeah so there's, there's a woman that gets up there and she I, I, I don't know I would maybe put her at 40-ish and uh, probably a mom couple kids and uh, just a nice lady got little mom jeans on a little blouse and she comes up on, and she's down in contestants row and I'm sitting right behind her and I'm sitting with a bunch of marines and this woman she's one of the first people called down She's the, so she's there from the very beginning. And from the get-go, she is losing her mind, but she's also holding her crotch in the pee-pee dance fashion. So she's doing like that, like she's happy as can be, but she's holding uh, her pussy. Right. Like, a, like, a, like, a, like a little baby holds, you hold your crotch when you try to, you think that that can stop the flow. And it can't, but you do your best. It's, you know, mind over matter. And she's just smiling and happy. She overbids on the washer and dryer, and then they go up and do that. Then she overbids or underbids on the pool table, and then they go to commercial, and she's still there. And she now is like, every time she's still so happy to be up there, but now she's holding on for dear life and front and back. So one around the front, one around the back. She's, she's worried that it's like whack-a-mole, that it's... Uh... <laughs> So, the best game in, in, in the Price is Right universe is, of course, Plinko. And when, you, when Plinko comes out, it's like, it's, it's bedlam. People go mad. And, she, and, and well, she, first of all, you don't know. She bids, she wins, she comes up on stage, the curtain goes up, it's Plinko. And at that moment, when she had come up on stage, I could see the little saddle of the spray paint horse pee-pee stain on the thing. She had wet herself. And she was still holding on to herself. She had let a little go. <laughs> and the whole audience was like, ah, we go, whoa. Sorry, she gets up on stage. She's one of the things she hugs Drew. We see the pee. I'm now embracing two Marines. Like we're, we're like, uh, like, like, just like we're like we're closing ranks. And then the Drew can't see it. The whole audience can see that she's p pissed herself a little bit. Then the curtain goes up and Plinko comes out, and then it's fucking over. <laughs> she's now, she, but she's like, she just doesn't care. She's jumping about. She's just as happy as can be, and she's peed herself, and the whole audience is like. <gasps> Because you put yourself up on stage and like, oh baby, like you're like like you're on camera and like like your family and like and but she just doesn't care, so she becomes everybody's hero. <laughs> and I believe you get five little chips, right? You get you get one for free, and then you get four bid prices and things like that. And she gets them all. She just nails them. That's twelve. That's fourteen. That's thirty-eight. She just nails the, the clock radio, and she's got all of her chips. And only at that moment, because she Drew Carey has to follow her up the staircase. <laughs> 
to ascend the heights of the Plinko. Uh, oh, that's uh, what that yeah. Drew's the last one to know. Yeah, Drew's the last one to know because Drew's like like Drew's only been hosting the show for a few months and he, he's kind of seen a lot of stuff go down. But clearly, there's some other frisson in the air where like, it's like something else. He's is, just going, "Why is this woman so focused and, and clear-headed?" Or, and <laughs> yeah, right. It's she, it's as if she doesn't have anything left to care about yeah. <laughs> other than getting prices but right. Also, the audience the audience is in some weird kind of just like like we're all just and we're all just holding on to each other and we're just like we want her to we just don't want her to be embarrassed we don't want to see a woman realize what's going on and run off the stage and we just don't want to see something terrible happen so she gets up on stage and she beats Plinko's dick all around the fucking room it's just fucking 10,000 5,000 10,000 2,000 like she just lights it up and she won I think the second most money in Plinko history and Drew was the last person up the stairs, and he, he, he finally figured out what was going on in the room. And he goes, all right, so, so-and-so, go up the stairs. Oh, boy. <laughs> because he was absolutely eye-level with her pants. And he goes, okay, let's just uh, let's get, you, let's get you up here and uh, face in the other direction. And like, he got it. And they took her backstage. I don't know if they gave her a new pair of pants or they, dry, uh, they gave her a hair dryer. But she came out, she won the fucking showcase showdown, and the entire building was chanting her name. Because, yeah. And I wish I could remember. I wouldn't repeat it. But God fucking bless you for peeing your pants and not caring. That's cool. None of us would do it. None of us would do it. All right. What is your advice, writes an audience member, for screenwriters looking to get into writing for TV? Obviously, I'm the last person you should be asking. That's not true, because you have shows. Well, I got it. I remember what I did. Yeah, I, well, don't, just don't do what I did afterward. Uh, how do you get into... Uh, uh, don't... I swear to God, this is going to sound like a glib, jaded thing, but I swear to God, it's my honest answer. It's not... It's not, it's not a jaded, cynical thing like it's going to sound. Don't, don't have an idea like, 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 like that much. Like, like, like don't. Community wasn't. It was, it's, just, it's just cheers. It's just taxi. It's TV is not. We're not going to a sitcom to like have our minds blown by the concept of the sitcom. Uh, that's my best advice for TV. I think too many, too many people make that mistake. Science fiction, maybe, if you want to do a sci-fi drama, then, then maybe what's tr- drawing people in. I, 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 I haven't, I've never written that stuff or pitched that stuff to anybody. So, But you're I, about to go back into the market potentially and write another half-hour show, right? Yeah, I'm closing some deals. Uh, but do you, do, you, do you have ideas, or are you going to... No, absolutely not. And I would be a bad sitcom writer if I had any ideas. Uh, my, my ideas start because the system uh, uh, is, it, it's, it's, it's got its own momentum. And what, the, the, the tough thing for TV writers to, to learn is that you want to... Yeah, it's really important to be, be super talented. That's fantastic if you, can, if you can manage that. But what you really need to do is like... Uh, uh, understand that everyone wants to help uh, and they're all getting paid a lot of money to help. So just work less and think less. Um, you're, you're going to be just as talented uh, a writer whether you think a long time about what you want to write or not. Um, what you're being paid to do is be smart on paper and the execution of a script, but they want to say, mm, could he work at a pickle store? Just say yes. Yes. The answer is yes, he could work at a pickle store. Because then aliens can still invade the pickle store in episode five. It doesn't matter. If you want to, if you want to get fired later, you can figure out how to do it. Uh, my boss stomps all over my soul furiously is this, and is, regularly. This is Max again. <laughs> how do I get paid more for enduring that? 
<laughs> I think this person's baiting me. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I, 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 re- I, I got a book on tape at an airport. Some, something about lion taming. <laughs> it was a, a, guy, a guy that tamed lions wrote a book for CEOs or something. He, he was writing a book, but it was all about... I listened to it for a while. It was kind of interesting. He was talking about basically how to make assholes think that doing what you want is their idea. Uh, uh, because that's what a lion tamer does. Obviously, lions uh, uh, can rip your head off if they want to. But uh, what lion tamers are doing is convincing the lion that, like, for instance, when they stand on those stupid little pedestals, um, they, the lion thinks that it's defending the pedestal. It thinks that that's its pedestal and that the lion tamer really wishes it could be up there and that the, and the lion's going like, stay away from my shitty little bongo drum that you're standing on and the audience is going what a dumbass lion uh, the lion is really proud of itself so it, it was all I, I, the, the answer to the question is you, you, somehow you have to trick your dipshit boss into thinking that that he would be even dumber for not paying you more I don't know how to do that otherwise I would have picked a better job than I picked so I don't have any bosses and the, when I as soon as I do I got three years before they're all over my ass and fire me I don't want to sound like a broken record but I got fired <laughs> what do you what do you think I mean, I mean this might be beating a dead horse but uh, what what do you think their justification is for firing you what, what would they say in the like like if, if you like sorry what was the question what, what, what would they not their press release answer but why why do you think they fired you oh I, I, I it's it's cost-benefit ratio I the NBC moved the show to Friday night at uh, 8 30 which and, and said only 13 episodes. So that's NBC saying you, you're, you're basically almost canceled. We're just we're about to cancel you. So what is Sony going to do with that clock, with that shot clock? They're not going to give the ball to psychopaths. Like I, I uh, what am I going to do with 13 episodes? Uh, it's not going to be the thing that go, that makes starting NBC go. Oh shit, we had you wrong. Uh, get this guy back at eight. Put him at 9:30 on Thursday. Uh, this guy is the best. If if your motivation is is, is like to get a show running and syndicated and, 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 and as long as possible, you definitely, it's not a dumb decision to uh, uh, bid me adieu. Uh, that, it, was, it, just, it was just, it's, it's a boring answer. I'm just an asshole uh, that, that doesn't, I don't take notes very well. I don't like, it, you could give me five notes and if one of them was what I was going to do already, I'll say that's a good idea. And, but the, it doesn't, it only fools them for three, three seasons. <laughs> Are, will drugs be allowed in Harmontown? Yes, of course. I, you, I don't. I, I, you know, would, would there be some drugs that you would not allow? Uh, n- no, no, there can't be any. I, honestly, like we have a big problem in this country right now with like momentum. Like uh, we are all freaked out because we go. Oh shit! If you legalize this tomorrow, whether it's a certain kind of gun, and we all—all all this stuff makes perfect sense, but it's only given the situation that we have. That's why we have to start over. Because the truth is, hand grenades should be able to grow on trees, but we should have self-control. Like, 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 like we can't. Because what if some guy just in his garage invents tomorrow 
just invents a laser wand that if you touch people with it, they just their body just disappears. <laughs> is does that guy get to be the most successful person in the world because he invented that? Because he can't be prosecuted for his crimes. He can't be he's just gonna go up to people. You don't have any evidence to convict him. Like the mailman comes over and he goes, Fuck you, I don't like your cheekbones, and he <laughs> makes him disappear. Is does that guy get to be president? Or is it wrong to hurt people and make them dead? It's obviously the latter. It's wrong to hurt people. We have to we, we, we have to remember that that's really the star we're pursuing here. Not we, we can't get too hung up in how to make nobody hurt anybody. Uh, I told the story of I, I, I never told it again because we we did record it and I'd like to put it on the website. But it's an old classic. It's my origin story. The story of how my dad uh, beat the living fuck out of me and my brother for playing with matches. It's really my it's my radioactive spider. Uh, because it explains almost everything I can think of about my, about about my uh, me as as I am. So my brother and I got caught playing with matches. My brother uh, loved setting stuff on fire. He's fascinated with fire, and uh, he was five years older than me. So we went out in the back bushes and we gathered some dry leaves. And he had a book of matches, and we were lighting little piles of twigs and stuff on fire. And my mom came looking for us. Uh, and she caught us playing with matches. So for this offense, uh, as with all major ones, the misdemeanor was always uh, the wooden spoon. My mom could handle that. She had a big bag of wooden spoons because they would break on your ass, just hit you. Got a lot of wooden spoon people in the audience. I can hear you. <laughs> I can feel you. Uh, for the, for the, for the uh, felony offenses, like playing with matches, big deals. It was uh, wait till your father gets home. Uh, and uh, my dad didn't get home until like 9 p.m. usually. He was a very hard worker, and uh, uh, a lot of his job seemed to involve some southern comfort. Uh, and uh, so he, you, you, don't, uh, you don't mean porch swings. And uh... <laughs> so it's wait till your dad gets home. You got caught playing with matches. I'm telling you, this is going to be really bad, says mom. Uh, my brother's freaked out. He didn't usually freak out very easily. This is a guy who once uh, crawled out the uh, bedroom window in his Spider-Man pajamas just to go fight crime. <laughs> I admired his moxie. Uh, uh, he, did, he didn't seem to be afraid of much, uh, 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 but he certainly uh, he, he knew that we were in for it. My mom took me aside and said, Daniel... You know those little stories you like to write? Because I did like to uh, write the little things that go... Dan Harmon in the Fabulous Time Tunnel by Dan Harmon. <laughs> like, uh, like, like, just these scrawling, like, like, you know, just write on typing paper and staple them together. I, go, I wrote a book. Pay attention to me. <laughs> uh, Once upon a time, there was a bear in the bathtub. <laughs> la, la, la. Pulitzer, please. I'm precocious. Uh... My my mom goes, uh, uh, <laughs> I want you to write one of your stories for me while you wait for your dad to get home. I want you to write me a story about a little boy that gets caught playing with matches and regrets it. Was she and that I, terrified for your safety? Like, like, like she's like, we need to mitigate the beating that's about to go on, or is she? I feel like she, part of her was going, let's not lose the lesson. Uh, but I think most of her was going like, "Let's! F I want to fuck with you. I'm, I'm, I'm basically the bad guy from Tango and Cash right now. I, uh, 
I want to I wanna just kind of psychologically, I don't know. My mom's going to listen to this and go, that's not what I was doing. <laughs> Fuck you, you're so old, how do you know? <laughs> but, how do you know what you did? What did you have for breakfast this morning, Mom? As a special request, as the story continues, whenever she says anything, can you say it as Jack Palance? <laughs> from, from Tango and Cash. Yes, uh, I want you to write <laughs> one of your stories. No, I'm not going to do that. But uh, so, well, I write stories, and uh, I want you to write it about a little boy who gets caught playing with matches and uh, uh, learns to regret it. So I, I, I think in my head, if I tackle this adequately, this, this could be my ticket. <laughs> so I do. I sit down and I write, once upon a time, there's a little boy. I, got put, I was like, just lose that fucking bear in the bathtub shit. This is the real deal, Harmon. <laughs> no, but it's who you are. It's who you are. <laughs> write what you know. Um, <laughs> And I, a little boy got caught playing with matches, and, and, and then his dad came home. And I, I just went into all this detail about like, like well, they're lighting leaves on fire, and they thought it was a good idea, but but uh, but boy, did they not know that it wasn't. And and the, at the end of my story, uh, the dad comes home, and he uh, see he reads the story that the little boy wrote. <laughs> see this? You're already getting it. This is. How, why I got fired. Uh, it's like, this is confusing. It's a, it's a story about a story. Uh, the, the, you, were, you were meta even yeah. back then. Uh, I think just lazy, but yes, I, it came to be called meta. Uh, uh, at the time, we just called it zero research. Uh, uh, my, the, the, at the end of the story, the dad comes home, reads the story, and realizes that the kid felt so bad for playing with matches that he didn't need his spanking. And I, and I, the end, and I gave it to my mom, and, uh, and, and my dad still wasn't home, and my mom just read it in silence. She went there, hmm, hmm. Yeah, this is really good. I don't buy the ending. <laughs> for real. I'm not kidding. Third act problems. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm sorry I don't handle notes well. Uh, sometimes it means I'm gonna die uh, inside. But she's right. You should have said. And then my father came in and he kicked the shit out of me. And I called the police. Right. Uh, 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 he's now serving 15 to 20 years and. In a minimum security prison, and uh, the neighbors came over and said, "What the fuck is going on? Yeah. Uh, no one else is doing this. Uh, you're insane. Yeah. This is like a horror movie." Uh, yeah, my parents always said, like later when they, you know, everyone's parents. If there's anyone in this room that's ever had like hands-on parents, you know the story. Like they always go, you know, they turn into little raisins, and you feel you just they're they're fine. You play pinochle with them, and they're like, doesn't you can never that, but and they, they always go like, uh, ah, we're it was the 70s. Everyone was doing it. And I'm like, I name three people who were doing it. John McEnroe? Who was that? Who was that? Mary Lou Retton? Who was doing it in the 70s? Did you see it on a Wheaties box? What are you talking about? Uh, so, yeah, then my dad came home. And I, the rest of the story is terrible. It's, uh, but I never got my spanking, actually, because my brothers was so bad that there was a medical Wait, was uh, this a tonsil emergency. One? Yeah, yeah. My brother had recently had his tonsil st- uh, uh, taken out. Yeah, so Shit takes a fucking turn. And my dad dad my dad often <laughs> i feel so bad if my parents listen to this because they're they're good people everybody should understand that now that we're podcasting and i feel like you can't i think the, the statute of limitations is over uh-huh. no but it's no but not on their emotions like all right yeah, like, yeah you're probably right yeah you know what it would be like hitting my parents with a belt 
<laughs> to talk about. Uh, so it would hurt them at a very vulnerable time in their lives Maybe, when they can't do anything about it. How about this, Dan? Dan? Why don't we? Why don't you? Te- why don't you tell the story? We're, we're, we'll record it, but before we air it, and we have the option to edit it, have your mom and dad write a letter or a story <laughs> about, about a son who grows up to be a famous writer, has a podcast, and can fucking lampoon those cocksuckers. <laughs> Oh, come on, you met my parents, you love them, they're great. They're great. Everyone's great. The whole world is great. It's as we, we, we end up in these rules where we're sealed off from each other, not understanding things, acting out. My, my, my brother, my dad came home. Oh, matches. All right, well, I know what I have to do because my dad's dad did it and his dad's dad did it. Never, never mind the fact that all these people are insane. Uh, my dad took off his belt and he always had this catchphrase. He'd say, this is going to hurt me a lot more than it's going to hurt you. But he was, so, he was always so drunk he'd get it mixed up half the time. And it, <laughs> Like, and just say the scariest thing in the world. This is going to hurt you more than it's going to hurt me. I know that. I, 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 it's like, it, 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 it's terrible. Yeah, and that's, and that's not the way it's supposed to work. Yeah. I, that, that's how cold I am and how... It's, a, it's like if a nurse said, you're going to feel a large stabbing in your arm. Uh, you're going to hate and it. Then the blood's going to get siphoned out of your body. But just uh, think, of, think of puppies burning while... I do it. Uh, now, what kind so, of father do you think you would make if you had kids? Let's say you had two boys. Let's say like like you know like five years from now or six years from now, you you have a you've got a, a five year old and a one year old. What kind of father do you think you're prepared to be? I don't know, man. That really scares me. My girlfriend's in the audience, but I I I, the, uh, I was telling a story last week of how I was working on shelving units and like Aaron was there and I I cut the shelves wrong at Home Depot and. Uh, they didn't fit for like the third time, back and forth, and I and I just fuck, you know, I kicked shit and threw shit. Sometimes the, you know, the cat like before I figured out what the cat was doing, like why it was meowing with the, it had a to- turns out it had a toy in its mouth and it wanted to give me the toy, but like so the cat would just meow constantly and I was like I don't know I'd get up and chase it, I'd be like shut the fuck up, you know I get angry because the, the cat was giving you notes. <laughs> Because I don't, know, I don't know if you've ever met a two-year-old. Uh, they give you. They give you a notes. lot of notes. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're not called the constructive twos. Uh, no, I'm aware of this. I, I've met my friend's children, and I've, I've read all about it. And then it's only 13 years before they're adults that can really like, like, like Dino's daughter now, adorable little Tigger. I don't know if I'm allowed to say names of people who aren't even legally allowed to defend yeah. themselves. But, but I'm, I'm not going to say anything bad about her. She's a, she's a, she's a little woman now. We've known her ever since she was a little kid. My our friend. Dino had a little daughter, and you know, you used to just like. I remember, I remember when she she liked she loved bananas Foster. It was a dessert that Dino would make for her, and so I would do a little character called Bananas Foster. And I'd go like, "Hey, I'm Bananas Foster," and I'd do a little dance, and she'd giggle. I was like a rock star. Yeah. And now she's just, now she's just texting, and like, and she, I, every once in a while, I catch a cold glance, and she's like, "Blah." And I, and I want to be like, "Fuck you." Just because I'm not good at football, uh, you know, like, like, like that, that. There's that too. Like, like kids, like you've only got 12 years before they're actually like that. When they, when they start, when they hit puberty, they become like. Now they're rolling their eyes at you, and they actually have eyes to roll, and like using sarcasm and stuff. Like that's only twelve years after it was adorable for one year. It's st- like, I, I, yeah, I'm prepared. Do you want to have children? I I do really badly, but. Uh... <laughs> 
but I just, I'm terrified that I'm not going to be able to handle the, it. was the whimper you were, how you said that. I really, I, I, I feel... <laughs> I, I, I really do. I, I, I'm terrified I'm going to be a bad, uh, a bad dad, and I'm also, I, d I definitely, the solution isn't to be one of these, uh, these horrible pussy dads that are all over L.A. You see people walking around Target, and the kids just screaming their head off, and the, the people are just going like, Martin, use your indoor voice or whatever. Like, like come on, put, shame the kid. Yeah. It's public. Like, my mom only had to have one conversation with me. Like, they, she didn't need a wooden spoon for that. Like, I, I said some shit too loud in a Target, and she was like, you don't talk like that outside the house. And if she was allowed to, she would have said, N-word. Like, uh... <laughs> It's, it seemed like that was coming, didn't it? Uh, uh, <laughs> like, like, like Back she, in the 70s, everybody was doing... There was only one conversation that, you know, I was like, we don't... Just, my mom would say, and she would say it logically. Like, I remember the logic seeping into my brain. It would be in a movie theater, and, and it was like, like, what if everyone was talking right now? Shut up. Yeah. And I go, oh, yeah, she's right. She's got a point. <laughs> I, I remember, like, I, I was at a friend's house, and I said something kind of rude uh, in front of... Like the uh, the kids that were, like I went to school with, it was like a new school for me. I'd moved into a new neighborhood, and I said something kind of cocky or you know, uh, yeah, suspend your disbelief. I was a little, I came in a little high on, on, on some kid. I, I probably said something kind of arrogant and shitty. And the mother who I'd known, you know, a few months, pulled me into the kitchen and just went whack across my face. Just like, another woman slapped you. Like, a, not your mom. Is that oh, what you yeah. So, some, some woman, uh, who, whom I will never remember her name, she, she just pulled me in the kitchen and said, Jeff, Jeffrey, can I talk to you? And I was like 12, and she <laughs> just clobbered me across the face. And I was like, whoa! And she's like, you're not better than my son. Whoa! <laughs> right. I was like, well, me thinks he protests too much. <laughs> So I'm that that's your no, no, takeaway. No, no, no. no. <laughs> so I'm fucking her. It's a long story short. And, and I mean fucking her, Dad. Well, yeah. I am really like she's getting that twelve-year-old <laughs> <sweet>. vitamin JD. <laughs> uh, right, should we do a? Uh, uh, should we do a? Uh, I, remember, I, I remember one time when I when I was twelve, around that age. I remember this odd. This actually bonded me with my mom in a way, like like because I suddenly realized the cycle of abuse that was really happening. It's a, I, she told me to feed the cat, and I went, yeah, yeah. And I and I, I as I said that, I opened the closet door where the cat food was, and I bent over to grab the can of cat food, and I felt this unexpected sharp kick in my tailbone, like really hard, like Charlie Brown going for the football hard, like like. Like she just was put through, put everything into it, but she wasn't Charlie Brown, and uh, and my tailbone was there. And if you've ever been kicked in the tailbone, and also just any kind of unexpected impact with your body, it, I had a can of cat food in my hand, and and was 12 years old, so I'm like cusping, you know, I have testosterone like starting to inter to kind of go through my blood a little bit. I probably had a little wispy like. Hitler mustache or something like a little <laughs> little prepubescent like 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 little wisp on my upper lip and I and I instinctively because some mammoth or saber-toothed tiger is like kicking me in the tailbone I, I wheeled around hefting this object in my hand this can of cat food and this was this is 80s cat food they used, it used to come in big ass cans that you had to open with a device uh, uh, they hadn't figured out how to make portion them yet um, and uh, and, I, and I, I turned around with this thing and my mom who had just kicked me in the tailbone she she like she made this sound in this face that was like 
but like like she wilted like and I and I oh man yeah (laughs) and I said it was like oh I get it it's just like white trash like larva becoming a bee you know like I'm I'm supposed to do this now and and I I was like what is your what did you do and she's like I thought you were being snotty like she she just she didn't know what she was doing and and she knew what I was supposed to do and she was okay with it uh, and and I literally broke that cycle there in the pantry that day for myself because I was like I was like Jesus Christ no I'm not gonna bludgeon you to death like Chris Penn at the end of shortcuts uh, uh, and then and then have kids of my own and 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 find a nice closet to store our cat food in I'm not gonna keep doing this all right let's do we had some success with this as a closer for uh, last week we, we got we got a bowl full of questions we could do a lightning round speed round Speed round. Where all of my answers will be five words. Okay. <laughs> no, no. Three word answers. I like their attitude. And in honor of Aaron McGathy's soundboard last uh, last week, uh, I don't have the soundboard, but just, Aaron, I want you to do a lightning round. If you can yell it loud enough, uh, the theme song. Everybody, welcome to the Harmontown lightning round. If you could have sex with any mythical creature, which would you pick and why? (laughs) Oh, you you wish you had those five words now. Cerebus, comma, more mouths. I'm going to read this as written. I'm going to read it as written. Would ever write a play? (laughs) Yes, would. Lady. Are you a conspiracy theorist? If so, do you have one in particular you firmly believe? Well, Jews... (laughs) I... It's a joke. I mimed getting shot in the head. It's a mime. Uh, we'll fi- yeah, we'll, there'll be a gunshot uh, uh, later on. How can I get my producing career back on track? <laughs> I'm offended, asshole. Oh yeah. Because isn't that a, isn't that a, that's a bit right? It's not like Michael Bay's sitting in the back, then really wants to know that from me. I think no. I think there might be somebody who actually had a producing career. Oh no, you're saying that that's they're just yeah, taking, they're kind of going. They're taking the piss out of yeah. you. Yeah. All right. I, well then, I, uh, I haven't lost enough weight, but I have a nice black shirt. Should I wear that? Like they're kind of like like. How do I get a podcast without a structure? Yeah. Yeah. Should I just do it? How do I raise two hundred thousand plus on Kickstarter without an established brand? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, now they're coming right at you. Again, dickhead. <laughs> How many hand jobs? <laughs> That's like, uh, that, uh, by the way, that was uh, one of the questions in the Tao Te Ching. <laughs> At least 20. <laughs> Fair enough. How do you mount, how do you maintain hope for humanity after things like the Dark Knight Rises <laughs> shooting? Ooh. Oh. This is Max, right? That's not you? Okay. <laughs> He's talking silly. No, no, no. Let's, let's, let's take it serious. Let's take it serious. Uh, is, that, is that count as a word? No. Is that? Is that? No. That's very much. Uh, uh, no, no. A no, no. It's a no, no. 
Lassie, what are you trying to say? You okay? Take it serious. Realize. Painted himself into a corner. Mankind fails. Sorry. (laughs) Aaron theme song. Alright. Got time for ten more. How do I pass a piss drug test? Penny in armpit. (laughs) He's not lying. Uh Uh-oh. This one's just blank. You want to answer that one? So symbolic. <laughs> right? <laughs> if, uh oh. If I blow a guy to get a job in Hollywood, should I swallow? <laughs> Dad, you're drunk. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming to Harmon Town, everybody. We did it. One more time. You want to thank the people? I'll thank the people. You want to thank the people? First of all, your mayor, Dan Harmon. Would you one more time? I'm Jeff Davis, your comptroller. I'd like to thank Katie Levine for doing our audio recording. Zach McKeever, our tech technician guy. Emily Gordon, the producer. Danielle Kramer, program director. Dustin Marshall, podcast producer. Mo Fathelblap, on-site director. And Jenny Fine, our fantastic artiste. And I want to thank you all one more time for sitting down and answering the hard questions, everybody. We will see you next week in Harmontown.